Do you find yourself scrolling endlessly through social media and comparing your practice to that of others? Then this episode is for you. Hi, my name's Kimberly, and I'm founder of Casey Consultancy, which is an international hub for supporting early years teaching, training and inspiration. With all the work I do, I'm about empowering early educators to be the very best version of themselves by creating that perfect blend of professional knowledge and development alongside valuing your self-care and well-being. So hello, happy Friday. I hope that you've all had a really good start to 2020 and that everything's running smoothly for you. For me, I've had a little bit of a bumpy start to the year. We were in bed on Saturday night and we heard a loud bang followed by some even louder yelps. And these were coming from my cat, who we think had been climbing up the banister at the side of the stairs and possibly wobbled and fallen down onto the hallway. So we ended up taking him to the veterinary emergency hospital at 4am on Saturday morning and he had some x-rays done and he's broken his leg really badly. So it's taken a few days um, for it to be operated on, but he's finally had his operation and he's had his leg pinned and an external frame, metal frame, attached to the outside of his leg. So he's currently recovering. So we haven't got him home yet, but we're just doing lots of prep to our house to get him back so that he can be comfortable and um, hopefully have a recovery, but it will be a long road for him. And um, yeah, it's just not been the best start to the year. So I hope your start has been much better than mine. Now, something that I did do a few days ago was I visited a group of childminders working away in Leeds and we got chatting about the subject of comparison syndrome. Now, I think it's something that we've all felt at one time or another. It's that feeling of being completely paralyzed in moving forward with your practice because you believe it will never measure up to the practice of others. It's those times as an educator when you're scrolling through your phone on a night and looking at all the amazing things that other settings or childminders are doing. Maybe you even feel yourself looking at how many likes or shares they've had. And then you notice that feeling of self-doubt creeping, the voice in your head starts putting down the work that you've been doing, and it just leaves you feeling a little bit miserable, like you're not doing enough, or even guilty for taking an evening off from doing some work. Now, I've been there myself as an early educator, and now I have been there too as an early years consultant. I think the crazy world of social media makes it easier than ever to do this, because we are always connected. Every time we pick up our phone, we're seeing all of these posts of amazing provision or ideas that people have done. We're never really switching off. For you, it might be that you get that feeling if you attend, I don't know, a local TOTS group that you go to or a childminding group. And it's when you're at these groups and everybody's talking and sharing their practice that you just say, oh gosh, I'm just not doing enough or I'm not giving my children the best experiences. When I think you are, I think you're doing a great job, but we're just comparing our role to somebody else's. And often these are not fair comparisons. 
I know when I first started working as a consultant, I'd find myself comparing what I was doing to someone that had been in the industry for 30, 40 years. So how is that fair? And these feelings that we experience when we get comparison syndrome really do stop us in our tracks and prevent us from focusing on what's going really well and how we can keep that momentum of continuing to move forward. So I hear you asking me, what can we actually do about it? I'm going to share three things that you can implement today to shake off all of those feelings of self-doubt. So here's your first thing. Identify your triggers. Think about the times today when you get this feeling. What is it you're doing? Where are you looking? Whose accounts are you looking at if you're on social media? Um, and write a list so that you can begin making changes and start tackling it. Okay. The second tip I want to give you is to have a social media cleanse or a digital detox. This is something I like to start every new year with. So um, what I do is I take a look at all the digital content that I've got on my laptop, my tablet, my phone, and I start sieving through it, thinking about the things that I need, reorganizing things, um, you know, because we're all a little bit guilty of not quite filing our documents away in the correct folders. So I like to get it all tidy, declutter things, but I also like to go through things like my bookmarks that I've saved, um, accounts that I follow on social media, and just think to myself, is this useful? Is it bringing me joy? Or does it fill, fill me with these anxious feelings? And you know, this year, I went a little bit crazy and I stopped following so many people um, because they were giving me that feeling of, I'm not doing enough, or I should be doing this. And I wanted to put a stop to it. It wasn't good for any anyone and it wasn't good for me. So what I did was um, I unfollowed some people, um, but then there's always people that we have connections with and we don't want to offend them and it's not actually their fault. It's just the way we interpret things. So instead of unfollowing them, I have just um, hidden their posts or put a snooze on them for the next 30 days so that I can control what it is that I'm seeing. And if I think to myself, do you know what? Today, I'm just going to have a little look at what that particular setting's doing. I'm giving myself that chance to, to have a look and think about what it's showing me and control those feelings a little bit more. But when I'm seeing these accounts day in, day out, it's just not helping me deal with things. So that's what I've done. There are also certain social media platforms that I feel can just leave me feeling a little bit fed up or a little bit insignificant. So I've deleted the apps for them so they don't need to bother me anymore. And so having this detox has made me feel happier and I've stopped getting that comparison feeling quite as much. Um, and because I'm not wasting as much time online anymore, mm -hmm. I'm getting some of that time back so I can reinvest it into doing things like reading a book, watching a film on an evening, cooking a lovely dinner. And I'm not feeling the need to just fill my day with pointless exercises that leave me feeling really, really rubbish. So I would recommend doing this. Do it with your emails, your bookmarks, any screenshots that you've got saved to your phone. Just 
get rid of them all. <laughs> and also, if you feel this way when you're meeting up with a group, like a group of childminders, for instance, then attend less of these. Go and do something different. Get outside. I know my lovely member, Rachel Hill, who's a childminder, has ditched going to all of these childminding groups where a lot of her colleagues say, oh, it's just easier taking, taking the children there. They can all play together. And instead, she's following the children's interests. She's getting outside and it's having a much bigger impact um, on her work and her children. Okay, so are you ready for step number three? So this is the power of affirmations. So you are wonderful and we absolutely want you to celebrate this. We also want to speak to ourselves in a very kind voice. This is what affirmations help us to do. We would never say to our closest friends that we weren't doing enough or that, we weren't, or that they weren't good at their job. Yet these are the messages we often tell our brain and it has to stop. Replace that I'm rubbish, I'm not good enough with things like I am important, I'm equal to my peers. I restrain from comparing myself to others. I like this one. I am unique or I am a strong, independent individual. And when we start giving our brain these messages, we're training it to change its mindset. And if you don't want to always say it out loud or you're lacking in the confidence to use these affirmations, add them to your vision board. And if you didn't um, create your vision board for 2020 yet, um, check out my last podcast episode where I talk about the steps you need to take to create your vision board and get some focus in your practice and personal life. Um, so there you go, the power of affirmations. And then the last step I want you to try is to celebrate that you are unique. And I love this quote by Crystal Foley. Why compare yourself to others? No one in this entire world can do a better job at being you than you. Now, when I worked in North Yorkshire in a small farming community, we invited local college students into the school to help us build our very own dry stone wall so that the children could use it in their imaginative play. This was such a wonderful experience, but one I couldn't replicate in a school or nursery elsewhere in the country the area, the children's interests, were what made this practice so unique. So there will be things about you that make you unique as well. Maybe it's your link to the local planetarium or your close connections to the community because you're based on the high street. So have a little think about it. Celebrate what makes you different. Don't copy what everybody else does. Stop thinking that you have to be these people that you see online. Your circumstances and lives are different just for you. So there we have it, lovelies. Four ways to move away from that dreaded comparison syndrome. So let me recap these for you. Lesson number one was identify your triggers and make a list of these. Lesson number two was have that digital cleanse going through all of the accounts that you follow and thinking about if they bring you joy or not. Step number three was change your mindset with the power of affirmations by retuning your brain. And then step number four, celebrate that you're unique. Lastly, as I know lots of childminders listen to this, 
I talk inside my Hugo in the Early Years accreditation that you are unique. You don't have to, and you shouldn't have to feel that you need to replicate all of the nursery provision in your home-based childcare setting. What you offer is completely different as a service. So just remember that. Now, before I go, I just wanted to say a massive thank you for all your lovely feedback that I've received in the last week on my podcast. I do read all the reviews and we're getting reviews in from not just England, but America, Canada, Dubai, and this one from HHFFDJDFF <laughs> made me smile with her kind words of saying that I am the Mary Poppins of Huga, and that my description of Huga is the best she's ever come across. So thanks for that. Now, if you're interested in discovering more on changing your mindset, head across to my blog where you can find a recent post on bringing more optimism to your practice. Go to www whogarintheearlyears.co.uk and hit the blog. Okay guys, we'll have a really great weekend and if you want to know how my little cat's doing, then follow behind the scenes over on my Instagram stories. <laughs>